Friday, February 23rd, 2024, and it's a late night session at Polk and Kush. We are recording after the New Orleans Pelicans smacked around the Houston Rockets. Tonight, I was at the building. Polk watched it uh, illegally through Afghanistan, Mm -hmm. and we have got a lot of opinions (laughs) on it, none of which will matter because the Pelicans are playing again 24 hours later. If there was a worse time you could pick to record a late-night podcast, this would pretty much be it. I do like the Midnight Society episodes we do because (laughs) you can really just hear how desperate I am to go to bed. (laughs) Here's the thing. You, no one is going to wake you up by kneeing you in the face at 6 o'clock in the morning. You don't know that. So, <laughs> well, be. at the old location, <laughs> at the old Bud Light Lime studio yes. in Uptown, yes. very easily could have been woken up by somebody attacking me. <laughs> yes, I will have a, uh, a four-year-old uh, you know, with his uh, top of his head jammed into my chin at uh, about you know six hours from now. So good times uh, are coming. Everything's good. I'm happy to be back on the sticks. This is very nice. It's good to uh, to chat with you again. I've missed your face and your voice. I'm here. How was your Mardi Gras? That was a long time ago. Yeah, it was. It feels like ages ago. It doesn't really it? does. Well, it's like once it ends, it's like it just disappears into the ether. It's like having an ex-girlfriend. Yeah. You know, or it's like, you're, I just don't think about you. Anymore. Yeah, you just message Mardi Gras every time you have six Coors Lights. <laughs> exactly. Did I, you go out there? I was sick. Oh, I got like yeah. real sick. I uh, I was gonna do like the five a.m. I was gonna go like Skull and Bone, St. Anne's, all the cool stuff, you yeah. know. And then I woke up and I had like a hundred and one fever and I felt like shit. Man. So uh, I went through Monte Gras without going to <clears throat> a single parade. I did not see one float. This year. Yeah. I was in the French Quarter on Friday. Someone stole my phone. That was a lovely thanks, New Orleans. Always oh, a lovely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that little tidbit. Yeah. So that was probably the only day I would have seen a parade. Well, we were going to meet up. Yeah. And I texted you and I was like, hey, I'm I'm down to clown. <laughs> Let's party. And then like an hour and a half, you know, I'm standing out in the rain. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going to go home. I don't have any friends and then you're like sorry my phone got stolen i'm at the mall i'm like you're at the mall it was really <laughs> weird being that drunk inside of an apple store <laughs> yeah did it feel like you were in the future yeah it was everything about it was very odd all the people were very strange it was were you a, in an apple store yeah so i literally you weren't like at the sales <laughs> next door <laughs> I was that i should have gone to that bar that is already closed uh you know everything's gone the lakeside mall had a bar for about a minute and a half and now it does not have a bar anymore um, it does if you have a jacket on <laughs> or bring in like a styrofoam cup. I I basically, my phone got stolen. Uh, I realized it about 30 seconds later. And then uh, I 
essentially, I'd had a great day in the quarter, and then I walked to the Roosevelt, asked for a cab, jumped the hell out, jumped jumped into a cab, took the mall, got a new phone. Wow, that was it. So it was like you know it was a thousand dollars or whatever it was, but I was gonna have to get a new phone anyway. My phone sucked, so it really wasn't the worst thing that's ever happened. You just really slipping on a banana peel and just fall into tits, don't you? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't good. <laughs> I didn't get anything out of it. I had dinner instead of instead of walking down the parade route with my friends. I had dinner at the Steak Escape by myself, <laughs> hammered in the middle of all. There, I mean, things have been better, um, but generally it could have been a lot worse. You if they, go... my wallet had gotten stolen, that would have been like a hundred times worse. Now, the phone got stolen. Were you suckered with somebody like, hey, I've got some free drugs down this alley? A uh, friend of the show, Ivy Muldoo, I was trying to pull me out of Razoo very quickly. And as he did that, because I was going to get drinks, and he was like, no, we're moving this way. And it was, you know, obviously a mosh of people. Mm-hmm. It was a great day, by the Where way. Where were you? Ralph and Kaku's? <laughs> What at Razoo. Razoo. Yeah. So it was right outside Razoo. I was just going to go get beers, you know? Yeah. Like people do when uh-huh. they're hanging out. Everybody's out there. It was a beautiful day. It was a wonderful time. And uh, and as he pulled me out, I was, I believe, I don't know if I was tripped or if I just fell, but I hit the deck. My phone was in my breast pocket of a shirt. It fell out. And two girls that had kind of approached me earlier to talk, and these are not girls who would. They have no interest in me. It was very obvious they were, I was some level of a target. Right? You're a mark. I'm a, yeah, I mean, my phone is sitting in my pocket. I look like an idiot. What were I, they saying to you? Oh, hey, they were, hey I, big boy? I don't remember anything other than, no, they were just like, try. They were like, hey, what's going on? I was like, you're not. You, something weird's going on here. Anyway, I believe they grabbed my phone. They tried to put it in my face for like a half a second to get it to unlock. And then oh, I tried shit. To, then I tried to kind of chase after them for... I don't know, 15 steps, and then I was like, screw it, it's over. And then I just walked to the Roosevelt, got a cabin with the Apple Store. I can't believe the guy took me. The, the traffic could not have been any worse. Everywhere else, the guy was like, yep, 40 bucks. Wow. Mall. I was like, here's 80. <laughs> I was like, dude, you could have said 200. I was like, there's nothing. I have no options. <laughs> I was like, I don't have, you don't have a phone anymore now. There's nothing you can do. Maybe he's working with the phone thieves. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is, this entire situation is, uh, is nuts. So it ended up, it really was like. That's smart to hold it up to your face to unlock it. Yeah. I, I never would have thought yeah, of that. Yeah, no, thankfully they didn't because nothing got stolen. Nothing. Yeah. That was a, you know, treacherous hour and a half. I was like, well, I hope they didn't open Venmo. <laughs> I was like, because I'm screwed. You can't get the money back. No. You know, there's like nothing you can do. They just Venmo themselves $50,000. I don't know what I could really do about that. Um, other than the fact I don't have $50,000. I was going to say, geez. Um, so, yeah, it was an interesting Friday. And then everybody else in the family seemed to enjoy it. I went to Houston for a few days. That was lovely. I was on the court for that uh, uh, with uh, my brother. I was in the uh, sitting very good seats for them. Remember, did you see the highlights of the Knicks getting screwed by the refs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was literally sitting right there. I'll show you a picture of it after. Wow. I was like right there. And it brush, was the worst call I've ever seen. Brush with greatness. It was ridiculous. It was a horrific call. And afterwards, they immediately admitted that it was the wrong call, which was beautiful. 
Um, so yeah, it was a wonderful time, a wonderful uh, week. Getting your phone stolen and seeing bad calls. Things were all, <laughs> things were awesome. And uh, you know, it's a beautiful time right now in the city. Everything, the weather has been fantastic. Uh, I've my spirits have been high. Things are good. Baseball's back. I've been to a couple college baseball games. It's been uh, it's been a, a nice period here. And you got a brand new phone, a brand new phone to, to experience it all, to capture it all. My the the last one, the lightning port had broken. The screen was completely cracked in like a hundred places, and the camera didn't work anymore. So it was probably time. Yeah, they when did you, have, you a favor. When you have young kids, you need a camera. Yeah, because you got to document their life. They're growing up so fast. <laughs> Feel like a and someday idiot. you're gonna want to look at seven hundred thousand <laughs> photos of your kids. The worst part of the phone pictures is that you take like six of the same picture. So I'm like going through. It automatically photo. does it. Yeah, right? well, you just like your you know your finger just naturally you take like three or four at a time. And you're like, why did I take so many pictures of the same thing? Like I, I would I'd be down like twenty percent of the amount of pictures on my phone if I just took one every time yeah. and they're not a, they don't get better i'm not good at taking pictures it's not like i'm looking for the pope i'm not ansel adams over here looking for the perfect photograph this is just stupid it's a waste of my time but i do it every time yeah. so then i had to scroll through a hundred different pictures of every single thing i do <laughs> so there's uh, one million pictures of my kids hugging lightning mcqueen at uh, the art of animation <laughs> <laughs> i hope the criminals liked that <laughs> But you've got the cloud backup, right? You didn't lose yeah. all that. No, that's what the other thing is. Like, do you remember when you used to lose your phone and you'd have to put every single phone number in it? Yeah. That was like a nightmare. Or you would like, uh, you could plug it into the SIM card, but those changed like every time you get a new phone at yeah. that point. But if your phone broke, you were screwed. Yeah. Or if you lost it, it was mm-hmm. you were completely screwed. Uh, now, literally, it was, I think I missed like four hours of texts. That's essentially all I missed. You got a trip to the mall. You probably <laughs> avoided some danger. I ordered 10 cookies from the Great American Cookie Company. How drunk were you Pretty at the drunk. mall? Pretty drunk at the Apple store. I was uh, definitely the drunkest I've ever been in the Apple store. Yeah? Yeah. All right. That, well, it's the low bar, but still. It sounds like this is all Ivy's fault for the most part definitely. by physically assaulting you. Yes. I'd like to press charges. And also, it's your fault because two women came up to speak to you. And I immediately knew that they were You should have run away. (laughs) You should have called your wife and said, come get me. It was like a 10-second interaction, but I could tell that something was just a little off about that. Yeah. They were like, hey, are you that guy from the podcast? (laughs) So were you just home sick the whole week? Did you just have the most uneventful week in the history of time? I mean, it wasn't. The, I think it was Tuesday and Wednesday, maybe. I don't know. It's been. It was just a real kick in the balls. It was like <laughs> so nice and beautiful. I like had some time. It wasn't a disaster. My life was not in shambles. I was like, I'm going to get up and go see my friends and have fun. And then God said, no, you won't. <laughs> you shall not pass. <laughs> He's like, hey, remember all that blasphemous stuff you've said about me? Time to pay the piper. <laughs> gotcha, bitch. <laughs> gotcha. Um, that's it. You had a fun journey. I was sick and did nothing. Good times. All had right. By all. Yeah. Uh, I also went to the Pelicans game tonight. Yeah. That was nice to get back in the arena. The, they were off for a week. 
eight days? It was a whenever long break. the All Star break always comes whenever I feel like my schedule is cleared and it's like I would love to watch some basketball yeah. tonight. It's a nice relaxing night. The weather's finally fine. I want to go out to like some like outdoor patio bar and watch. Oh no, they're not playing. Yeah, I have to watch hockey. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It is the time. Like it's weird they do the All Star break right after the Super Bowl because it is the time where you would think people would finally be like, all right. It's Thursday night. Yeah. I want to watch basketball. And so it's like, nope, 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 no basketball for you. Uh, a very weird timing for them to do it. It's long. It's a full week. But it was good to see everybody back tonight. Uh, not a particularly good crowd in the arena, like an energetic crowd. But there was a ton of like probably 20 percent full in the upper bowl. Yeah, uh, maybe 80 percent full in the lower bowl. It was not. I was expecting a bigger crowd, all things considered, but there is another game, you know, Friday night, and then there's another home game Sunday, so there's, you know, a lot of tickets to be sold there over a pretty short period of time. Today was just a total disaster in New Orleans. I don't know if that had any effect on it. It took me an hour to get to work. It was like bumper to bumper from the second I left my driveway until the second I got to my parking spot. Phones were out. I figure like all the there were all these crashes like on the high rise and the bridge closed because there was a shooting on it. All this shit. (laughs) Just the thing that happens. So it took like it was a disaster getting to work. It was a disaster coming home. I like I had the opportunity to go to the game and I was just so exhausted by all of the bullshit today. Yeah. There was like a water thing and Plaquemines. It's just like every like everything today fucked up. Yeah. All at once. And then it's like. Do you want to go see the Rockets? <laughs> no. It I want to go home, <laughs> climb into bed, wake up 45 minutes before Kush gets here, pretend I watch the game, and then ramble for about an hour. <laughs> yeah, man. It was uh, an entertaining game for the certainly the first half. There was like almost no free throws, yeah. which was really lovely and then the third quarter they decided we'd like everyone to shoot free throws every single possession and grind this shit to a halt uh which made a very entertaining game they were like over the limit two minutes two, into the they, third quarter they shot a free i think they shot four free throws in the first half and they took 20 in the third quarter it was and meanwhile the rockets were at the line every possession and the pelicans extended the lead by like 13 points yeah. so the rockets were horrible uh, the Pelicans just pounded them. They have no interior defense. Zion was playing one-on-one the entire game. He, You could just see how much he relished the idea of beating Dylan Brooks. Yeah. Uh, two things happened tonight, which was that Brandon Ingram didn't play because he was sick, uh, which that helps Zion always. It mm-hmm. helps Zion when Brandon Ingram doesn't play. And then number two is that Dylan Brooks like elbowed him in the stomach on a jump ball a minute and a half into the game. And you, he could just literally watch him get pissed off and be like, "I'm gonna kill you." That and Jonas Valanciunas wants to put that Shengun guy into the rim. Yeah. He hates him so much. He's the he's every like European stereotype that Jonas is trying to not be. I'm just like the floppity, fobbity bitch of just like falling over. At one point, he got slapped on the wrist. And he's like grabbing his face as if he's like a French soccer player. You're like, come on, man. Like this guy. And like, like, I understand why Jonas, our big grizzly bear, has no interest in this guy. He no. just wants to maul him to death every time he touches the ball. Jonas had like 20 and 12 midway through the third quarter. Yeah. He killed them tonight. He was eating them up. And it was just a good 
It is a good thing for the Pelicans. It's a very weird place where they are in that it's a great thing that when teams like that come here who are not very good, and the Rockets aren't horrible, but they're not very good. Uh, They're not a playoff team. And when they come in, you can almost bank on the fact the Pelicans are going to roll them. They seem to roll these middling to bottom tier teams. They don't give teams a chance. They smother them. They kill them. I think their Pelicans are only a seven-point favorite. They ended up winning by, I want to say, almost 20. It was like 20-something. Zion, it would not surprise me if you said Zion played 40 minutes. He played a lot. He played a lot. And I wonder if he will play against Miami. For those of you who are listening to this on Saturday, let us know. Send us an email. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a good formula when the Pelicans are healthy and they play Zion one night and Brandon Ingram the next night and not the other guy. Yeah. Like maybe we we should just keep doing that. Have a Zion night, have an Ingram night, have a Zion night. I agree. I know. And in the playoffs, they should literally just cut the game in half. It's like Zion, you play the first quarter. (laughs) Ingram, you play the second quarter. Zion, you play the third. Yeah. Because it does. And I don't know if it's true. Uh, it is certainly the biggest talking point of this team. Is like, do these guys actually make each other better, or are they better when isolated, you know, separately and running the team kind of themselves? Because it, there's no question, CJ McCollum is a tremendous complimentary player. He was a great complimentary player to Dame Lillard in uh, those Portland teams. He was a tremendous complimentary player uh, to Zion tonight, and when Ingram was out there before. including in the playoffs uh, against Phoenix. Like, he is a great, uh, pliable, mobile piece that you can use because his skill set translates that way. He doesn't always have to put the ball in his hands. Ingram and Zion always look more comfortable when the other one's not out there. Yeah, they do. And tonight was a great example of it. And the point Zion thing I think will help because he is, I think he is more engaged in the game when he has the ball in his hands and he is running the offense. And a lot of times tonight he ran the offense and it looked good. I mean, it helps when you play a team that's not like the Lakers, right? The Anthony Davis, LeBron James, like those are two tough guys to go through. That's a really hard matchup for him. A matchup like this where it's Dylan Brooks, who he's significantly bigger than, and then Shangoon or some other stiff in the paint who you can, you know, body at the rim. Uh, or you know, or hand it off to uh, to Jonas. He's just so much more effective in those type of situations, and that's why everybody's kind of killing them their chance in the playoffs and everything. That's like it seems entirely matchup dependent. I think they'd get mauled by Denver. I think they'd get mauled by uh, a couple other teams, including the Lakers, who I don't see how they'd match up with them, but they could end up playing them. But a lot of these teams don't have any size inside, and someone like Gobert, they've been great against because they can. He's not athletic enough, and so they are able to go at him to a good degree, including Cat. So it is matchup dependent in a lot of ways, and you saw tonight how they can beat teams with Zion on the ball, and I really like watching it. Yeah, Point Zion has a confidence in Zion that. I haven't seen since his Duke days. Like, he he really needs to be running the floor. And also tonight, I just thought that he looked in great shape. Yeah. And to say that coming off of an extended break. I know. Like, he looked slimmer. He looked faster. He looked more involved. He looked great out there. And whenever you piss off Zion, you know, like, 
it gives him that motivation that he has lacked so much in the Pelicans. And in the last year or so, where we've seen Zion kind of grow up and be a By dick year, when he needs to be. 2024. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the last 365 days. Yeah. But it's, it's nice to see Zion care. Yeah. And it's nice to see him bully guys because that's exactly what he should be doing. He's not doing the, aw, shucks, head roll, you know, I just want to go out there and play with my guy. I want to see him get pissed off and destroy people. Yeah. The, when he had, I think it was the second quarter, he had a weak side block that he threw into the second row. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that I have not seen in so long from him it feels like and i don't watch every minute of every game but it's not a thing that you see often from him now where he comes across and that was a big thing at duke right like that picture at duke of him going all the way across the baseline and blocking a three-pointer he's done that twice in the nba (laughs) in five years like he doesn't do that very much but tonight you did you watched him come across the weak side and throw a shot with one second left in the shot clock out of the stadium and you're like that's the Zion that we know can be there, and we know that he is capable of so much. But it doesn't answer the question, which is the age-old question of this team, which is, will he do that kind of stuff when Brandon Ingram is also on the court? They've had some nice wins, not to say they haven't had nice wins, because they beat the Clippers, I think. Uh, was that the Thursday of Mardi Gras, maybe the Wednesday of Mardi Gras they beat the yeah, Clippers. Yeah, that six-game stretch. Yeah, and then they lost the Lakers, and I think they've won four straight since then, um, all against pretty bad opponents, and they didn't look very good in a lot of them. Yeah. Um, but the, they have shown they're capable, but it, it does feel like everyone is a little skittish of jumping on board with this team because when your two best players don't bring out the best in each other, it's really hard to, to look at a playoff series and go like, yeah, we got this. It'd be like a receiver who doesn't work well with a quarterback. You know, it, it's a very weird thing to have your two best players not necessarily uh, raise the level of each other's game. Yeah, I don't know if that is why it feels like maybe people are not jumping on the bandwagon for this team right now. I feel like it's kind of just been mardi gras for a month yeah and the pelicans it's it's funny because their consistency has almost worked against them yeah like i feel like people are just like oh the pelicans are pretty good and they just have been yeah (laughs) there hasn't been up and downs people have not really had stuff to grab onto and be emotional about there haven't been like these big dramatic stories and ups and downs they have just been completely consistent which is something that we have never seen you know we haven't seen since 2007 uh, a consistent pelicans team and even that was like a supernova right right it was like you know i guess you can compare it a little bit to like the 2011 like chris paul thing but even that they dealt with like a late season injury this is you're right there it feels so predictable i guess that's what we're trying to say right it I, i feel like to the casual fan uh the pelicans are good And that's all I need to know. Yeah. And this is indicative of the NBA's biggest problem. There are too many games. Yeah. The games don't matter that much. And I I think it's just kind of the the feeling of of a general fan base in a small market is... The team is doing fine. There are 5 million games. (laughs) I'll give a shit whenever I need to. Yeah. 
I'll tune in when I think I it's important for me to tune in. Mm-hmm. It's and that night is not now. Yeah. And it's like Thursday it's, against it's the Rockets. It's not a night where, you know, blood is coming out of the faucets and it took me three hours to get to work. Yeah. And it's hot and it's cold and it's hot and it's cold. I don't <laughs> care tonight. I'll care whenever it's a playoff game. Yeah. And and I think if they were to rattle off a long win streak, that would help, too. And they're, you know, they've won they're, four. They've, uh, like eight of the last nine. Yeah. You know, they're win- But uh, the Memphis, they look terrible. Portland, they look terrible. Like, I guess that doesn't matter. Who knows? Maybe people just don't have any money anymore. That's possible, too, right? That's what Mickey Loomis told me in uh, December. He said everybody he was poor. So maybe it's finally coming to fruition. Because they had to buy all these phones during Mardi Gras. (laughs) They can't afford the $11 beers. Uh, I do think they'll have a much better crowd against Miami because it is a Friday night. uh, And Sunday, obviously, uh, against the Bulls uh, because that is a weekend as well. I do. I've seen enough of people in this city wait and become bandwagon fans of this team, which is fine. I have nobody's going to crap on anybody for getting on the bandwagon. I do expect it to turn at some point where it becomes a big deal here, but it definitely is not a big deal right now. Doesn't feel like it at all. Right. Do you feel like people asking you about it or even being like, I don't know. I, it just feels totally like blah. There is less conversation socially about the Pelicans because the conversation regarding the team is always ire and distress. Yeah. And, ah, everybody's injured. Ah, I can't believe that, you know, all these heartbreaking losses. It's just not happening. People have nothing to talk about. Yeah, and this team has been together for so long. They haven't played that many games together. The team has been together for so long that it's not as if there's like one new flashy piece, right? That you're excited to go see. Like mm-hmm. Herb Jones is his third year. We know Herb Jones. Everybody loves Herb Jones. Like, but it's not like, oh man, are you watching this guy, Herb Jones? Yeah, if he makes, you know, all team defense, it's not a showstopper. It yeah. would be really cool for the team, but it's not it's not gonna draw anything yeah. up. No one's playing at an all star levels. No one's playing at a really in you know, obviously no one's near an MVP or all NBA conversation. So it's like you've got a bunch of guys and a deep team. They all play well together. They're all very likable for the most part. Uh and and they take care of business, but they have not reached that stratosphere. They're very rarely touched it. To where you go, like, man, a lot is possible with this team. Like, even the two years ago when they made that run through the play-in and hosted Phoenix, that felt like you were kind of riding, uh, uh, riding on the 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 crest of a wave, right? Absolutely, because it was like they came out of nowhere. They traded for C.J. McCollum, Ingram and McCollum were playing great. Herb Jones came out of nowhere. Trey Murphy came out of nowhere. It's like Jose Alvarado came out of nowhere. It just felt like this, uh, this just adrenaline rush. Yeah. And that looked like it was going to carry them through for several years. Like, people really loved that team. And I think people still like all those guys. But, yeah, it's not exciting anymore to talk about them because you know who they are. You know what they can do. And now you're just, like, praying they stay healthy. And all we, all we kept talking about, like, what if they stay healthy? What if they stay healthy? And it's like, well, now they are healthy. And mm-hmm. we've got that answer. So that discussion point is dead as well. It's like we kind of know exactly who they are. Well, it almost seems like people don't want to jinx it by talking about the health of the team. And even like Dyson Daniels, he's going to be out for four to six weeks, maybe come back at the end of the season. Yeah. 
I haven't heard too much doom and gloom over that. And this is a guy that started, you know, five, six games this season. He's yeah. fine. But two years ago, a player equivalent to Dyson Daniels getting injured would have been, oh, God, mm-hmm. again. Yeah. As you, This year, it's just kind of like, yeah, that's what happens. This this team will be fine. We have enough players. Yeah. So it, it, it's really just a interesting way of looking at the team is just they're doing everything they should be nobody's panicking and it's kind of weird for the fan base they're just kind of riding along to see what's next yeah it sort of speaks to us as a society right you just need something flashy and new and (laughs) bright colors and dangling in front of your face like we're you know very small children yeah i mean jose alvarado like in the in the phoenix series you know that was the start of like the Jose Jose chant. Mm-hmm. There, there was like, I don't know. You got your blood going when like Jackson Hayes fucks up that game and loses <laughs> it for everybody. But you like there was emotion behind it. You yeah. wanted to fight alongside him. Yeah. And there just haven't been moments like that because there's five million games. They don't matter that much. Yeah, and, and they're. It's, and it's going to be completely different whenever it does matter. Yeah, that is definitely true. It's like this is a really good, not a great, but a really good regular season team because they can go 10 deep. They can match up against so many different teams depending on the night. If you got to go heavy defense, you can play with Alvarado and Najee. If you got to go heavy offense, you have Hawkins who can come in. Like There are ways and pieces, and there's so many – uh, versatile options for this team that are all above average. Mm-hmm. And there were so many Pelicans teams that once you got past like the fourth guy in the roster, you're like, this is a giant bag of shit. <laughs> Everything is horrible. And so those teams were actually more suited for the playoffs, yeah. but they were not suited for the regular season. This team is sort of the opposite because when you, but when you play in the playoffs, you play one team. Yeah. So it's like, it, 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 there's only so much that matters anymore. And I guess we all deep down know that that when the biggest game starts against the best teams and what has held them back is losing to the best teams in the league is you really need your two best players to play better than the other two, the other team's two best players. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't happen very often when they're on the floor, right? Often it is the other six, seven guys that kind of carry you because the rest of the other team just doesn't have that level of depth. You kind of keep hitting them. Uh, so it's a weird spot. It's not a bad spot. No. I don't think anybody would complain. It just feels weird to be in year five of this, and this is the first time you're ever really getting to see it. Yeah. We always kind of had this idea of what the potential, even that playoff series, like, God, imagine this team with Zion. And now here's this team with Zion. You're like, hey, yeah, they're good. They're going to win 50 games, which is great. And everybody's going to kind of shrug at it and go, what about the playoffs? Well, it's interesting because we watched this team be good with Brandon Ingram for a very long time. And you talk about injecting Zion into it. And it's not just adding like this fireball, explosive, once in a decade player. You see how Willie Green organizes this team whenever everybody's healthy. And it's not the flashiest thing in the world. And these guys are not... You know, it's not Jordan and Pippen out there. They're yeah. not. It's not super cohesive. They're great individual skill players that are still learning how to play. They're not even at triple-digit games playing together yet. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's it just it the the timeline is so skewed, especially yeah. with COVID and all of that. It's just weird. It's <laughs> what it's like five years, six years, yeah. but it kind of feels like two and a half years. I know because it didn't feel like so. Like the I guess a good comparison is the uh, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Jazz, mm-hmm. right? Like that was probably a similar length of time. I don't think it was much longer that they were together. But they won in the regular season every year they were together. Yeah. And they won, and they got to the playoffs, and they lost. Then they won, and they got to the playoffs, and they lost. They won, and they got to the playoffs, and they lost. And then eventually, they were like, all right, break them up. Yeah. Like, we've seen this enough. We know what this is. This is frustrating. It's no fun anymore. Break them up. We're everybody in town. Let's start over. And the Pelicans have been together for so long, and you're just now at that kind of, like, first right. stage of being like, okay, we're going to win some games, but then we're going to get to the playoffs, and we're going to be frustrated. <laughs> and so it's a very uh, – and in the meantime, you kind of have to make a decision of if you want to pay Brandon Ingram for his third contract, you know, $50 million a year. Doesn't seem like a great idea based on everything we've seen. Uh, do you want to pay Trey Murphy $25, $30 million a year? He's not doing anything for the most part in a lot of these games. And so these big decisions are looming out there. And they, sh- and when you look at it, you want to be more like Oklahoma City, who's like doing all this, and all these guys are under contract for like two more years where they have to really make any yeah. true decisions. <clears throat> and the Pelicans are not in that position. They wasted a lot of time through injuries, through COVID, through bad coaches, et cetera, uh, they burned a lot of their uh, margin for error. And so here you kind of sit with the, you know, the the stick of dynamite, you know, the what are the Wiley Coyote dynamite is like the, the match has gone all the way toward the bottom here and it's going to explode in the cab. you got to make a decision of if this is the team you're going to spend a gazillion dollars for and kind of handcuff yourself to or if you need to move on and you really are only going to have one legitimate season to base that off of and i think that just makes it so convoluted and really uh even though there's great nights like this and and they're you know winning a lot of games it does make it hard to wrap your arms around yeah but i'll take the wins where i can get them yeah i mean i think they're going to end up with like a 50 win team yeah like i look you look at the schedule they're home a lot over the next six weeks because they were barely home at all in most of February. The hard part of the schedule, the hardest part of the schedule is over. Yeah. And so you're going to chew up some teams at home. They're really good against those teams. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, are you, like, going to try to start making it a point to go to the arena? Like, is that, like, has it hit you yet where you're like, I would like to go to more games? Just, like, on a personal level of I need to get out and do more stuff. <laughs> It's not like calling to me. Gotcha. You know? It's not, it's not like fill the dreams. Well, it's not like this looks so much fun. I need to get over there. Yeah. It's okay. just like I I like watching the Pelicans sure. and I should go do it in person more. Okay. It's yeah. not it's not Pelicans fever. Got it. Necessarily. Yeah. It will be. It, yeah. It will be when it gets to be play in playoff time. Yeah. But yeah. right now it's just uh, I got to get out of the house. <laughs> I gotta do something. Unless, you know, you got murdered on the bridge today. Or that. <laughs> as long as you've avoided that. Get my phone stolen, uh. get sick with not COVID. There's <laughs> any number of possibilities yeah. to keep you away from we'll the see. arena. Yeah, but, uh, you know, the beer's cold, the uh, food is bad, and the Pelicans are winning games. So things are okay in this part of the world. Uh, we'll take a quick break uh, from a word from our sponsor, and then. 
We'll be back a little bit more. Polk and Kush. The Garden Gates Landscape Company is your key to a stunning outdoor haven. Did you lose some plants with the freeze? Don't worry. We're here to help you transform your garden into a lush paradise. Planning and designing your dream outdoor space takes time, so why wait? Schedule an appointment now to ensure you're on the books for the spring, which is rapidly approaching. A beautiful season here has encompassed New Orleans. Don't you want a very nice green lawn? Of course I do. Well, led by the talented Jesse Edmondson, our team specializes in crafting landscapes that are not only breathtaking, but also functional. From landscape architecture design, artificial turf, planting, irrigation, lighting, maintenance, we've got everything that you need to bring your outdoor vision to life. Speaking of irrigation, if you're dreaming of a perfectly watered garden before that summer heat kicks in, remember that when it's 100 degrees every single day and there's no water coming out of the sky, you're going to need some irrigation. That would be very helpful. I would do that now. It is the time to act. Call us today, 504-608-4606. That's 504-608-4606 to get the work done in time. Jesse and his team are licensed and insured to install top-notch irrigation system for your home. But that is not all. Now is the perfect time to illuminate your landscape with exquisite lighting solutions. Indulge in the beauty of artificial turf. I have artificial turf. It looks great. And I don't have to do anything. It's the best thing I've ever done in my life. If I could say you could look beautiful and you don't have require any maintenance at all, Polk, what would you say? I'd say sign me up. So you should sign up for that as well because it's vibrant throughout every season, whether it's drought conditions at 110 degrees or freezes for a week and a half. So why wait? Reach out to Jesse Edmondson and the team once again, 504-608-4606, or visit them online at www.thegardengateslandscapecompany.com. Dot com to schedule a consultation. Let Garden Gates Landscape Company weave magic into your outdoor space today. Your dream garden awaits. It's the old It is filled with juicy jazz, squalling trumpets, and tiny little crawdads. You put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. Whatever. <laughs> Well, you head on down to Bourbon Street, there's a couple things you want. You want to see some boobs that look like old, shriveled-up mangoes and pantyhose. Yes, indeed. You want to see, you want to get some fake drugs from a from an eight-year-old drumming on a bucket. And you want to hold a giant snake like Britney Spears had. Definitely. In that, uh, whatever it was. The slave for you. Yeah, that yeah. one. But the police, God love them, they might not be stopping crime. They might not be pulling over people for not having license plates. They might not show up to your home if you've been killed. (laughs) (laughs) But they will seize your possum. Yes. (laughs) The wildlife in the French Quarter over Mardi Gras didn't only involve partying tourists, says NOLA.com. Three snakes and a possum were seized by state wildlife and fisheries agents. 17 agents and two biologists were deployed. Come on. The biologists. What kind of call did they get? You know, the, the, the Hey, can phone? you confirm that this is a snake? <laughs> I believe that's the knee. Yeah. And uh, then like, well, we better get another biologist so he can confirm 
<laughs> that the first guy saying it's a snake is correct. Seizures included a 14 and a half foot reticulated python. Yeah, I think we talked about that one the last show. That was wild. Well, they also got the, the smaller versions. They got the medium 10 foot and the small <laughs> 3 foot and a possum size TBD. It does not say the size of the possum. It was unclear if one of the pythons was what was previously announced as having been seized on Bourbon Street. Another person was cited for selling turtles. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Master Splinter has been shut down on Bourbon Street. You can buy a $19 twisted tea and a turtle to take home. Meanwhile, uh, 900 people selling crack cocaine <laughs> out of the side with a gun in their mouth, uh, un unfettered by police. But the guy selling turtles, he will be in jail for quite some time. According to the department, agents wrote citations for the illegal possession of five snakes. The discrepancy in the number of snakes seized in citations was not made clear. Oh, good. So we, we have one errant snake. We can't even record keep snake <laughs> <laughs> seizure properly. Well, I'm sure they like arrested the snake and put the cuffs on it, and the snake just slithered through them. <laughs> like, what do you... Like, how many fucking... 17 agents. Two biologists. When somebody says they're a biologist, you think they're like under a, they got like a microscope they're in a lab sometimes they're just standing in front of the gumbo shack <laughs> going hey you can't sell turtles here yeah, seriously it's like that guy just got stabbed to death you're not going to do anything about that guy i'm just trying to sell turtles Se i had my mom turtle had 17 <laughs> babies i need to get rid of these goddamn turtles and then the black market's the only place to do it illegal possession of snakes and possum can result in a fine of up to 500 dollars and 90 days in jail those things are wildly out of whack 500 dollars or 90 days in jail <laughs> $500 is nothing. That's a few Nine, turtles. 90 <laughs> days in jail? You just got to sell like 50 turtles. Do they give you the choice? Nine, like who's saying, yeah, I'll take the 90 days? I think the possum is the $500 <laughs> fine and the snakes are 90 days in jail. 90 days in jail or $500? That is a very different world. The next time you want to sell turtles on Bourbon Street, just kill someone <laughs> because it will be less of a fine and less time in jail. How much of a fine would it be to where you would say, I'll take the 90 days in jail? Maybe, you know, if you need a roof over your head <laughs> uh continuing with the horrible animal stories this one is brutal uh there was a week's old piglet that was rescued after it was tossed around like a football during a new orleans mardi gras celebration there were a couple of guys like at a park and they were tossing around a baby piglet like it was a football and somebody intervened and demanded custody of the animal. And the group of men, the group of cowards throwing this pig around, uh, relented and gave the man a pig. And now there is a uh, adoption campaign going. And I believe a state representative, yeah, a state rep, uh, Lauren Ventrella, has applied to adopt the pig. What kind of animals would take a baby pig and throw it around like a, like a hacky sack? Yeah, that's a that's a wild move. Who would go? Hey, we're going to the Mardi Gras parade. 
You know what we should do? Drink a lot of booze? No, no. Even better. Let's take a baby piglet and throw it around. So I already got in trouble with my girlfriend for dressing for uh, decorating the entire front of my house because satanic lair where I hung Jesus <laughs> in the middle of the front yard. And then she's yelling at me about this piglet that I'm tossing around in the front yard. Some people just don't really have a sense no. of, uh, of what is uh, socially acceptable. Yeah. Well, the vets concluded that the piglet was not injured in the incident. He's only a few weeks old, and he could eventually grow to weigh up to 80 pounds. It wouldn't be throwing him then. No. This pig, I think this pig is going to be okay. And uh, I'm sure the state rep, who I don't know, will adopt this 80-pound pig. For four days. <laughs> so just long enough to take a photo and do a story. And then she'll be dropping it off at a farm and the tires will be squealing other way out more than the pig is. Man, if this was like, if this happened in like... Los Angeles or New York, there would be a campaign to find these men. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Well, there might be one good thing coming to New Orleans. Uh, You know how there are the one thing about like New Orleans automobile laws is that people follow them. (laughs) You can't. There's no getting around it. People have license plates. People don't have a blackout tent on their windshield. No guns. No guns. No firing from a moving vehicle. And also uh, inspection stickers. I call them inspection stickers because I'm not an idiot. Um, (laughs) A lot of people call them brake tags, even though it has nothing to do (laughs) with your brakes. They check your brakes when you get the tag. They do, but they also inspect the vehicle. True. Brake tag sounds like it's something that's like a trucker thing. Yeah, that's true. They, but even, I think it's that's what it's called, right? Is a brake tag? It's an inspection sticker. I think it's a colloquialism to call it a brake tag down uh. here because we have to do things a little differently yeah, down in Norway. Making groceries and getting all <laughs> brake tags, and we're cooking up a mean gumbo. Well, Fox Eight must have a writer from Rustin as well because he <laughs> says or she. Vehicle inspection stickers. It has been estimated the state loses five to six million dollars a year due to fraudulent vehicle inspection stickers. These are of of course the fellows wandering around normally the Home Depot or Lowe's parking lot and selling you a uh, I don't know if it's counterfeit or stolen or what it is. But they uh, sell these. Is that a real thing people do? You've been approached for this? You've never been to Home Depot. I have, but no (laughs) one's ever. I mean, not in a while, but (laughs) no one one has ever offered me under the table. You got to park near the back of the parking lot and uh, you can't scream when they come near you. You can't uh, threaten to pepper spray them when they approach your vehicle. Well, then they would not. (laughs) No, habla. A Northwest Louisiana lawmaker is trying to get rid of the state's vehicle inspection stickers. Larry Bagley (laughs) said his first proposal was eight years ago. He believes it did not pass because the government at the time was not in favor of it. Yeah, that's usually why things don't pass. But with a newly elected Republican governor... Bagley's like, hey, this stupid idea will fly now that we've got Jeff Landry in here. Uh, 
<laughs> what better way to show the people that he, Governor Jeff Landry, wants to tighten things down and give them some of their money back and take one of these small taxes off of everybody and also deny children free meals? <laughs> <laughs> What does it cost to get an inspection? Is like twenty bucks a year. Yeah, I, the one in Orleans Parish is like double the price, which is hilarious because they'll continue it. Yeah, they'll continue doing it even after the state gets rid of it. Every other parish has the same one, and then Orleans Parish has a separate one that costs double because for the the privilege of not having the police ever <laughs> help you. I mean, I don't see anybody with these things. I don't see them with fake ones. I don't see them with real ones. Yeah, it is total like. Non, the only time I see it is when I'm like washing my car and I see some people that must have gotten like DUIs or have a parole officer yeah. or just bought a new vehicle or something getting them. But in the day to day, you just don't see it. I can remember. It's also confusing if you don't know what's going on, because there's a square one that is for Jefferson Parish and every other parish in the state. Yeah. And then Orleans has the circular one. I think that one's referred to as a brake tag more than the inspection sticker. Okay. And that might be because the only thing they check for is brakes. Yeah. Do you, you have them? Yeah. Not the lights working. <laughs> <laughs> can your vehicle stop? And once your vehicle stops, it's okay. We can, do, we can help you uh, and give you the tag. Uh yeah man I I mean I'm I'm fine with getting rid of these I don't really care at all about them but I do find the whole thing to be a little bit uh like it's got to make money for the state there used to be a time where on River Road you know because it's like one way each way yeah. that cops would just sit there and look to see if you had your sticker and they would like literally you'd have to drive like you know basically come to a complete stop and they would check every single car that came by. Now, that was like 20 years ago. They haven't done that in an extremely long time. Remember, they always used to have DUI checks? Yeah. That wasn't 20 years ago. There hasn't been a DUI check <laughs> in seven years. Yeah. I guess people I used stop to see driving every drunk. week. Yeah, I guess everyone just stopped driving. Drunk. Yeah, we're much more responsible yeah. now. <laughs> now we drive really high. <laughs> Can't test that. <laughs> no breathalyzer for supremely yeah, high. Yeah, they're just like, hey, do you want to listen to Tool? And if you say yeah, they're like, you're high. Going to jail. Uh, it so says that the state loses five to six million a year due to fraudulent vehicle inspection stickers. Well, how much are they going to lose if they this don't is, have it at all? Well, that's a fraudulent number because they don't catch five to six million dollars worth of fraudulent brake tax. No. They're they're purely estimating, I guess, maybe based on cars on the road versus. Whatever. I don't know. It's just it's a silly thing. And five to six million dollars. What is that? Like four private flights <laughs> to another country with security. Well, you're saying you lose five to six million dollars for fraudulent inspections. If you have no inspections, you're going to lose 20 times that. Well, they're saying that because of a new tax on vaping products, <laughs> <laughs> it's called the loser tax. Is now in favor of removing the inspection stick. So they're not just going, hey, Jeff Landry's a nice guy. He's going to, you're not going to have to have an inspection sticker. He is sticking it to the man. Well, the man who works at Dollar General. And <laughs> <laughs> the guy who plays Pokemon. You will be paying for everybody's vehicle inspection with a vape tax. Yeah, let's just get rid of uh, license plates. Why don't we do that? We've already done that. And this is um, this is straight out of South Park. Uh, thousands of Louisiana drivers have been told that their licenses could be revoked 
saying that they have been convicted and that their driver's license will be suspended unless they get an eye exam. Uh, the It's not a scam, even though it kind of sounds like it is. That definitely sounds like a scam. Uh, this guy, Matt Boudreau, said in a recent investigation, revealed that a worker at a privately owned public tag agent in the Baton Rouge area failed to administer vision screenings to people. <laughs> Who were applying to a driver's license. Okay. You're fine. Go ahead. Was that a pirate patch? You're good. Go ahead. <laughs> Keep the line moving. <laughs> Those residents have since been notified and may visit any OMV field or the PTA that issued the license to receive ooh, a vision test at no cost. Yeah. Or uh, I'm <clears throat> not going to do that. So there are people that went to the DMV, which is always a disaster. It sounds like this was in Baton Rouge, which I think is actually even worse than the New Orleans DMV. They made it through, you know, they took the day off work. They brought all the forms. Everybody there was mean to them because everybody at the DMV is always a dickhead for no reason. <laughs> they're like eating Funyuns while they're like, we don't, you don't have that form. You got to leave. <laughs> and then this guy, you know, he's playing Game Boy and he's like, yeah, what up? He's vaping with his newly taxed rig. And he's like, yeah, you're fine. Get out of here. And now they're like, hey, uh, our bad. Uh, you got to come back. Yeah, it's like, this is your problem. And do you, you think, let me through. Do you think they're going to like walk to the front of the line and go, oh, hey, I'm here for my test? They're going to show up and go, hey, I need to take my vision test yeah. only because Steve forgot to do it. Yeah. They're going to go, we don't know what any of that means. <laughs> We're going to need $67 <laughs> in cash. And uh, and you're going to have to sit here and you are number 912. <laughs> Take your number and sit down. I love the language of telling people they've been convicted when it was something that one of the state's employees did to them. Yeah, I, I that, that seems would, insane. Like to, I, I get pulled over back. for drunk driving and they let me go. And then I get a letter like a week <laughs> later, like, you know, the officer didn't really he didn't give you a breathalyzer or anything. Do you think you could come back? <laughs> And potentially do that. <laughs> I mean, whoopsie daisy. We didn't ask for taxes this year. My, <laughs> that's our bad. Uh, well, the kids at Tulane are partying. Always. With, uh, whip it. Have you ever done a whip it? No. Have you ever? I've been around a lot of whippets, but I don't think I ever did one. And if I did one, I forgot. Have so you? Ever, I think that's the point. Have you ever done like a dizzy bat where you put your head on the baseball bat and spin around? I've definitely done that. That's a whippet. Okay. That's the exact same thing. It's whippets. the canister, right? From yeah. uh, the whipped cream can. That's where they're getting yeah, the from. Yeah, okay. yeah. If, if uh, you were a poor person, a poor teenager growing up, you would use the ready whip at the grocery store. Ah. Uh, but now they have like canisters and stuff that you can buy at places where you can buy knives with tigers on them. <laughs> Whippets, also known as nitrous oxide, is a recreational drug that is inhaled through an aerosol canister. They starve the brain of oxygen, and there's no way to control the effects. That sounds really intense. Doesn't it last like five seconds? It's like two seconds. In extreme cases, individuals who inhale nitrous oxide experience seizures and sudden death. How many? <laughs> Do you find me someone who died from whippets? I mean, it might be in this story. Tulane officials said ahead of Mardi Gras that the campus put out educational information regarding whippets. <laughs> Is there anything partying rich teenagers like more than educational information? Didn't you read the pamphlet, guys? Guys, 
quit doing whippets and get back to putting a beer bong in your asshole. That safe, age-old tradition of soaking a tampon in vodka. We need to throw these whippets out. I read an informational pamphlet. Let's go have sex with everybody. Tulane officials encourage anyone who sees whippet use to call and report it. I'm going to call Tulane. Recreational use of nitrous is growing and a disturbing national problem. Tulane is committed to the health and safety of our students and regularly engages in educational programming on the dangers of abusing this and other drugs or alcohol. Educational efforts include specific programming related to whippet abuse through our new student orientation live well workshop, (laughs) social media, and digital displays throughout campus. Prior to Mardi Gras, we stepped up our efforts with a new social media campaign called Don't Whip It. I don't know what it's called. What what about, hey, no cocaine. Yeah. Stop doing acid. Everyone's on. Have you ever been on St. Charles where the Tulane kids are? Oh, yeah. They're just, they're all on Molly. Every they're single like one snorting of them. It, they're snorting it off their phones and stuff, <laughs> I mean, like out in public. Yeah, they're 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 banging each other in porta potties. Yeah, there's a they're, of the of the potential problems that a Tulane student is having from partying during Mardi Gras. Whippets is 177th on the <laughs> list of problems. Just walking in New Orleans is significantly less dangerous, or significantly more dangerous than doing whippets. And the fun thing, they don't even say, like, what's fun about it. The fun thing is you get dizzy and your, like, voice gets messed up. It sounds rad. You get to do, like, the like the Darth Vader voice and all this crazy stuff. So it's like a helium balloon? Uh, the opposite? It, it's kind of like the same effect, yeah. Okay. It, it messes with your voice. Yeah. Well, that's fun. It's fun. We'll do them on the show sometime. It sounds like Molly is way worse. I think they're legal... It's legal to buy them. You can buy those and like the cracker. The cracker is what like sets it off the nitrous and you inhale it through the cracker. That sounds rad. Yeah. We'll go we'll we'll go to uh you know, one of those vape stores <laughs> by the airport. A good summer episode yeah. with no sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just do whippets for an entire <laughs> and then we'll call the two lane hotline and report ourselves. <laughs> Could you do you think one person called that hotline? Probably as a goof. You know how many time, how many hours people spent in a meeting room somewhere on that campus to be like, all right, what do we have to do to stop people from doing whippets? And these are the ideas they came up with. And not a, you'd be better off having a dog go through and eat all the whippets itself. There was probably a really drunk kid that saw a sign that said whippets something something and then a phone number he was like hey man i'm calling about the whippets like do you (laughs) how many do you have are you guys giving these away like condoms (laughs) (laughs) hey do you know where those are so i can avoid that place i don't want to go to whippet jail 500 dollars or 90 days in jail i hope that the campaign revolved around the devo song that no one at tulane would know but no zero chance somebody comes out one of wearing those the red hats. hat yeah <laughs> oh god that's i mean that's really that's where your dollars go in tuition you're like 11 people sat in a meeting room and came up with a pamphlet to tell kids to not do whippets Meanwhile, while this is happening, if you go to the boot, there are people pouring fireball <laughs> into their eyeballs. It's just like 
brawls in the middle of the street, <laughs> like breaking glass bottles over their heads. And I was like, this, this is not a priority. You guys are uh, making this up. This is not a real thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do we care at all that Jeff Landry is bringing state officers to uh, to New Orleans? That seems to be a big topic this week. Yeah. Jeff Landry seems to be over superseding uh, local control. Well, I feel like anyone coming into the city that's not a criminal, a known criminal, is a positive overall. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like uh, this overwhelming show of force. It's probably just going to be more like how at Mardi Gras you see police places they should be. That seems like a good thing. Yeah, I, I'm not super opposed to it. I, I think it's um, I think uh, there are some other things around it that are quite silly, like just letting everybody do open carry, conceal carry. Oh, yeah. The fact that we're like allowing more guns and then trying to crack down on crime. It's like this that those two things don't add up. This is a vortex of stupidity of yeah. like this the New Orleans problem and the Louisiana thing like they're just you, you guys are not helping the, your own issue. Here. Yeah, I don't think just pouring guns out there is really going <laughs> to And obviously the people that are doing bad stuff are going to have their guns regardless, but I just don't want to be in the way of some doofus who works at Radio Shack in Shreveport. <laughs> Who's down here to go to Hooters or Coyote Ugly yeah. thinking that he's going to be John Wayne yeah. and shoot this bad guy. Yeah. And then I'm just bumbling around with my Dre beats on listening to Coldplay <laughs> and get shot in the head <laughs> by some guy that's trying to save my life. Yeah. I would rather there just be less guns in that equation. Yeah, it seems like uh, you want m more ability to arrest people for having illegal guns. Yeah. That would seem to be a good thing if you're trying to crack down on gun crime. Yeah, there were, uh, I think it was like, I should have pulled that, but I think it was like 350 illegal weapons seized on Bourbon Street during Mardi Gras. Yeah. There were 20,000 calls to 911. Eight of them were answered. <laughs> but the amount of guns that were taken off Bourbon Street during Mardi Gras was like, I don't think a single NOPD officer confiscated any of no. these guns. Uh, move it along. <laughs> move it along. So, uh, no, I mean, he might bumble his way into this being a good idea. I'm I'm not terrified of it, but I don't think it's going to be the end of the world. No, I don't really. At this stage, uh, if you care about yeah. politics anymore, it's just like they're all bad. <laughs> do you think Jeff Landers any worse than the other guy? Yeah, absolutely, I, I do. Yeah, absolutely, he is. You think he's worse? I don't know. Yeah. I guess. He's denying free meals for children. Well, that's bad. Yeah, no question that's bad. Yeah. I don't like that. That seems bad. And then also begging for money from the same government he denied to lower crawfish prices. Like, give me a, <laughs> give me a break. At least we won't have break tags anymore. He's doing that for you. <laughs> that was for you. Yeah, I've, I've kind of uh, stopped paying attention to uh, the state politics because it's like we... There's no consequence for you. Like, they're shutting down IVF clinics in Alabama. I'm like, does anyone think this is a good idea? Yeah. Like, what sliver of the population is like, we need to stop in vitro fertilization? That's a problem. That thing that costs, like, a quarter of a million dollars to do? Well, just, like, pe people who want to be parents, who can't be parents, and they obviously are going to be caring parents if they're going to spend a gazillion dollars to get pregnant. Shouldn't these people... 
this, this doesn't seem like a priority for this This, this is going to be a child that will not be stealing your car. Yeah, it's like, th- this seems like, you know, a thing that is good. Science is coming. And it's this like, is going to be, he's going to grow up to do whippets at Tulane. <laughs> he's going to be a good kid. Just, Jen, I'm not saying rich people. It's just like, this is crazy that, that this is where our priority is. We got a million problems. Let's focus on real problems. Yeah. And then, you know, nudie the nutria. You know, we're throwing piglets out here. Let's let's focus on the things that matter. Let's get the possums back on Bourbon Street. <laughs> let's save nudie and buy your turtles on the open market, <laughs> <laughs> like like true capitalists always intended. All right, everyone, thank you very much for listening to this uh, very sleepy and sleep deprived episode. We love each and every one of you. We'll be back soon. With everyone, follow us in the meantime uh, on uh, X at Polk and Kush. Uh, email us pokingkush at gmail.com we love you visit the garden gates landscape company and we will talk to you soon see ya